he had to put people down and put everyone in a category saying that you must be gay if you like girly things. Quote, girly things. Yeah, like, what makes something girly? That's so ridiculous. That also has to do back to our last episode where we talked about gender norms, gender biases. If you haven't listened to it, go check it out now. Yeah, so I just wanted to touch on that for a second there because I never want anybody to ever feel attacked or anybody to ever, you know, receive hate for being the way that they are. And just know that I embrace you and Chloe embraces you as well. I do. And we love everyone and anybody, whatever you may identify with, whatever your sexuality is, whatever race you are, whatever religion you are, you know, we love all of you guys. And thank you so much for listening to our podcast. But I will not stand for negativity. And if you come at me with negativity, I will not I will not stay quiet. I will call you out. Do not come at me with negativity. Don't attack people just because of the things they like or how they identify with. Do not put them in categories because people are more than just labels. They are human beings and they represent so much more. And I just wanted to put that out there. And hey dude, if you're listening to this right now, thanks for the view. Moving on to our essay that was due this week and the subject of it, we had to write an essay about writing an essay and what we thought were the most important things to include when writing an essay. In mine, I included contextualization, thesis, and evidence. In my essay, I actually talked about identifying your audience and including research, well-researched evidence with completely credible sources behind them and as well as brainstorming and coming up with ideas as the first step because I personally believe in order to write an essay you need to be able to conjure ideas you know brainstorm all of them write them down I think it's always a good idea to go through this process of thinking and jotting these ideas down or however you may go by it because no idea is a bad idea really I believe there are ideas that will work and some that won't and that's all right you know but it all starts from a simple thought that was what we talked about within our essays what we believe is what is necessary for writing an essay so to our listeners out there who are also going through the same process as us because it's the beginning of the year and a lot of students are having to write their first essay of the year and so just to give you any ideas of what you might want to talk about although you may not have the same prompt as us just giving you any ideas of like how your process may look like I just want to talk about it for a little bit on each, on why I chose each of my steps so like I said earlier brainstorming is a huge portion of it being able to think I and come up with these incredible ideas that you don't know what, where they will take you once you include them in your essay. So I, it's always important to make sure you have them recorded somewhere so just in case later on and you're writing and you're like, oh, I remember thinking about this and then you can go back and look. You know, so you can tie more ideas into your essay and because you never want it to be where you think of something and then you forget and you're like, what did I think of? Like, I can't remember, but you know, I had a really good idea and I can't remember. So always record all your ideas and things that you might want to come up with. And for your audience wise, I believe it's very important to identify in your audience because they're the people you're going to be referring to, the people you're going to be ad- addressing within your essay. So if you are not good at identifying your audience, 
you might write your essay towards the wrong type of people, if that makes sense. Because if in your essay you use a lot of language that is oftentimes, I guess, a little more professional, a little bit more more um, complex language, and your audience are like young teenagers, or even children, like, they won't be able to understand you as well. They won't, your message won't have the impact you might expect it to because it's not in a language or in the, in a form that really grasps their interest. So knowing your audience is very important in order to be able to grab their interest and be able to like truly deliver what you want to say. And evidence-wise, I believe that's also incredibly important because it's what makes your argument solid. I don't know if you guys know, but there's this popular game called Among Us, and oftentimes we have to deliberate and talk about like who we think the imposter is. And oftentimes we come upon this question like, what evidence do you have? Like, did you see this person? Where did they kill, you know? Where was the body found? How do you know it was this person? And it all comes back to evidence. B being able to provide evidence that you know what you're saying, so that you have more credibility to your argument and people are more willing to believe you. Even though that might have been a really like dumb example. <laughs> it's really, it's, it's really the, the same concept. Being able to provide evidence and proof to back up your idea will really make a difference within your essay. What about you, Chloe? I definitely agree. Evidence was one of the things I listed because you have to be able to prove what you're saying otherwise it'll just appear as opinions rather than facts and especially if you don't cite your evidence which we'll get more on that later it'll just be disregarded because people will be like oh well where did this come from why is how does this relate to what they're talking about and how do we even know it's true another thing i talked about in my essay was contextualization which is basically just background information that's in your first paragraph. Like the blurb of a book, It's that's kind of what contextualization is. Then the reader understands what your essay is about. Let's say you're writing an essay on a book and the reader of your essay has never read the book before. If you put in contextualization basically explaining the main idea of the book, then the reader will be like, oh, okay, so now I can understand the prompt of this essay. As well as like, they can decide if whether or not they're interested in continuing to read. So a little bit more on plagiarizing, which was the theme of our journal entry this week. In our English 101 class, our professor has us write journals every single week and we have different prompts each time. This time around, it was about MLA and sourcing your, your um, sources correctly, sourcing your evidence correctly and it, we were talking about the importance of it within our journal and reflect upon it, what we believe. And I completely agree, plagiarizing is not okay because not only are you taking credit for the work of other people, which is messed up because other people put in so much work into their articles and things they put on the website and they put, they put you never know how much work they put into it. Maybe they spent like weeks working on a single article just to make it good enough for the for their audience and for you to just take that away from them take away all that credit take away all the effort they put into the into writing their article it's just messed up like i don't know any other way to put it 
it is pretty messed up. Not only that, but you're also taking exposure away from them. You see, oftentimes on social media, we see bigger creators stealing content from smaller people. So the people, the original creators of this content oftentimes don't get the exposure they deserve. And therefore their platform doesn't grow as much as it does for the bigger creator, if that makes sense. On TikTok, this is a big thing when TikTok dances are extremely popular, they become a trend and everyone starts doing them. But if a bigger creator would do a dance that belonged to a smaller creator and they don't credit them, then people not only are going to assume that the bigger creator was the one who created the dance, they are also going to give exposure to someone who already has a lot of exposure, if that makes sense. Rather than allowing the smaller creator to get a little bit of quote-unquote clout for their creation, someone who already has this, the, this influence over social media, over the platform, continues to just grow by taking credit for others' work. And while we're on the subject of TikTok, let's go ahead and address our cover photo for our podcast. If you know, our um, cover picture is a picture of Chase, most commonly known as Lil Huddy, and Charlie D'Amelio, who's known as Charlie D'Amelio. <laughs> <laughs> they are both extremely popular creators on TikTok. They're both super cool, super great, and they have huge platforms. And this picture was taken while they were actually together in a relationship. And just to address this real quick, we don't mean any disrespect to either of them. No. We simply thought it would be funny because oftentimes we joke about our height difference. Because Chloe is actually a lot taller than I am. She is... Five nine and a half. And I am five foot. So... <laughs> We oftentimes have this joke about our height difference, and since seeing that, little Huddy is extremely tall, and Charlie's shorter. That's kind of our nicknames. And then yeah. we were, when we initially thought of this podcast idea, we were just joking, and we were like, we should edit our pic our faces onto a picture of, like, <laughs> Charlie and little Huddy. And we, we did that, and then we decided to go with it. We were like, whatever, just let's make it our cover. Yes. So, but we love both of them, and we don't mean any disrespect to either of them, so please no. don't cancel us. Yes, we love them dearly. And, yeah, just spread yeah. love and positivity. Yes. Speaking of canceling someone, we have a guest to bring in. Someone who is extremely cancelable, if that even is a word. We will each be surprising him with one question, and he will have to answer it on the spot. And... Many of you might not know this, but our surprise guest is actually someone very close to Chloe. <laughs> yes, it is my brother, Jacob. We are about to call him in here. Literally, I'm going to call him. And let's see. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voicemail. <laughs> let's try it again. Take three. <laughs> We need you to join us in our studio. Well, that's that. He is here now with us, my brother Jacob. We have two questions for you, very controversial questions, and you have to answer them on the spot. Are you ready? Sure. 
So first of all, the reason why we wanted you in here is because you're a very educated individual on very many broad subjects, and you've obviously received more education than we have. So we wanted to test your ability to do analytical thinking on the spot. You okay. go first. So my first question for you is, what are your thoughts on cultural appropriation, and do you believe it is correct for people of one culture to take credit for something that was created in another? Take credit for it? No. To use it, though, I am going to go with the idea of yes. Um, people of you, people use other cultures' ideas and use other cultures... Uh, like within music, you have some, the pentatonic scale, which is very much originates from and is located within Asia, uh, the general continent of Asia. But you'll notice there are works from like the starting the early nineteenth or early twentieth century that start using pentatonic scales as a reference towards Asian cultures. In, in those cases, I'd say it's more of more of like a l artistic nod. Um, then you run into the ideas though, like uh, what was it? Moana's cultural appropriation, that kind of stuff. Not really. That's no. <laughs> I wouldn't say so. Um, I don't know 100% the situation on that. Um, is it okay for cultures to take credit of other cultures? No. Okay, on to my question. Are you familiar with the game Among Us? Yes. Which color do you think is the most sus? Green. The dark green. Dark green? That's a unique opinion. We definitely didn't vote someone who was innocent out. Just adding on to what Jacob said, his last phrase when he said, it is not right to take credit for it, but... It is alright if you do it in a proper way. If you, you know, just... If you're doing credit. it in a way that is not meant to be offensive or trying to portray the culture as inferior. I think that's a very good answer. And it is a very... There's many arguments and many questions that have to be thought about and analyzed when thinking about cultural appropriation. Because, because you see Jacob as a Caucasian young adult, has not experienced what it is to be oppressed due to his race. He has not experienced what it is to be oppressed due to his race. Although he may have experienced some other things, this is solely based on his race. On a global scale, there are more opportunities available to him because he is white. And although he has no control over that, it is important to be self-aware and admit those things. You see, white privilege is a thing. And unfortunately, minorities, a lot of the times, they don't have the same opportunities offered to them. They don't, not that many doors are open for them be due to, like, racial stereotypes and just this extremely racist mindset that a lot of people have in this country and all over the world that darker skin makes you inferior. Or if you're a foreigner from a different place, you must be a terrorist or you must be a spy, you know? And so these mindsets lead to oppression and just makes these people face a lot of obstacles. So in, in terms of cultural appropriation, it is important to I believe it is important to always give credit where it's due and recognize and uplift the creators of these beautiful, you know, things, whether it be hair, you see like box braids and um, weaves, they came from the African cultures and it is important to give credit where it's due and never take that away from them because on social media there's this whole movement about 
how other people from different races shouldn't be using box braids because it has an extremely cultural it has a big significance within the african-american culture and just the african culture in general and i completely agree with that some things just shouldn't be tampered with because it is a very difficult subject to maneuver but i think as long as minorities face these struggles <clears throat> these obstacles that people of other races might not experience then i think it is important to allow it allow them to strive and to showcase and portray their culture in a way that is uplifting rather than degrading, if that makes sense. I think right now is not the time to try and argue whether or not a person should be able to wear something that belongs to another culture. It is more about like allow them to express their culture and you can respect it but don't push the limits of it I guess just allow them to flourish and allow people minorities to have representation in the media and allow them to just show their culture in a way that's not degrading moving back to our special guest do you have any questions for us about our podcast or anything we've talked about during our last podcast I didn't listen to the last one fake fan <laughs> detected he is lame. If you have not watched our first podcast, please go watch it. Okay, okay. What is the best essay you've ever written? The best essay I've ever written was my freshman year after we had read To Kill a Mockingbird. And the prompt was what we thought about the judicial system here in the U.S. And seeing as I am a minority, and although I believe that the justice system was made with the intent to serve justice, regardless of whether you're black or white or whether whatever religion you are, there are many faults within it. And oftentimes we see that the justice system isn't so just. And we see people being condemned just solely based on their race or solely based on their appearance or their background. And it's really sad. I mean... In the Central Park Five, these five people were accused of committing a crime, and many years later, after spending a long time in prison, it was discovered that they were actually innocent. And all these people happened to be either black or Hispanic or part of a minority group. So that is just one of the main examples that comes to mind, personally, about why the justice system is not so just. We're becoming more and more racially diverse, we're more racially cognizant, and I think that's a great thing. Yeah, I completely agree with you. I mean, you see people like Alejandra Ocasio-Cortez, who she made Congress, and she is one of the youngest members, and she's a, you know, a very strong, independent Latina woman, and she's providing representation for people from the working class and minorities, and she's received a lot of backlash for her beliefs and what she stands for. But I think it's bringing a lot of innovation and a lot of changes to our the way the government works. And it's time for change because everything cannot remain the same all the time. That You have to evolve with the times. And as we see more representation coming up, things will change. Mm -hmm. And hopefully for the better and to provide more representation for those who are oftentimes misrepresented. And hopefully, maybe someday we can have a female president because we've never had that. Mm -hmm. And hopefully one day we'd be able to say that, you know, we've had presidents from different 
cultures, different backgrounds, mm-hmm. with new ger- generations up and coming, we will see more representation of minority groups, and I'm happy for that, and hopefully, maybe one day, our justice system will truly be equal, mm-hmm. or at least as close as it gets to it. But yeah, that was my favorite essay I've ever written. Okay, the f- my favorite essay that I ever wrote was, uh, it was about Fight Club, and my essay was about debating whether or not Martha was the third personality, and I got the best score in the class. What do you think of representation of diversity and racial groups on TikTok? I believe that it is better on TikTok than it is on most social media, and especially compared to the past, because there are many big creators of different races and ethnicities, and I feel like they're... I feel like they're represented, that's definitely true, but I feel like it could be represented more. There's obviously always a possibility of being represented more, and I think they should be. Who are your favorite um, creators of different ethnic groups? Um, Avani's one of my favorites. She's so sweet, very pretty. Tiana May is also another one. Um, She more focuses on body positivity a lot but she's also super positive super upbeat and very confident with herself and she tries her best to uplift people why is it that you think there's more representation on tiktok than other social media platform what allows for that to happen on tiktok i feel like on tiktok it's way easier to become quote-unquote famous and then more people are seeing creators and on Instagram, could you go a little bit more in depth why more people are seeing their content? With the For You page, it shows big creators, small creators, people you aren't following. And it's the first thing that comes up when you open TikTok. Instagram has a version of that, which is the Explore page. However, it's not the Explore page is not the first thing that pops up who you're following is the first thing that pops up. So on TikTok, a lot more people get exposure. Okay, Chloe, what are your thoughts on the body positivity movement? What are your thoughts about the body positivity movement? I think it is a beautiful thing, and there are many people who support it, which I think is amazing, because it used to not be like that. Like, it's becoming less negative with body positivity, because people are learning to love each other all shapes and sizes because everybody's beautiful because it's their heart that matters their little lucky heart the focus about body positivity let's not get this twisted because it is all about confidence confidence and allowing for a representation of people for different of bo- different body shapes the sole focus of the body positivity movement is to uplift others regardless of their shape or not and although sometimes one person may be extremely overweight, I guess you could say, and under and another person underweight. Just by criticizing it, that's not a way to help them improve themselves. No. And another thing people don't realize is, at that level, it is it's a mental condition. At that level, it's like um, addiction. 
You know, yes. for a long time, people didn't think of addiction. People thought it was, oh, why don't they just quit? No, it's a yes. mental disorder. Yes, but... And I think it's the same thing Negativity with the is of... not the way to go no, about it. It is about not. encouragement and allowing them to... Well, encouraging them to not... better themselves to make themselves yes, more healthy. Yes, encouraging them to, to better themselves and... Allow, the, and teaching them to love themselves enough to take care of themselves, you know? Yes, I, yeah, I really, I agree with that. Um, another thing I'm really supportive of is, you know, like the acceptance of stretch marks. Stretch marks are becoming a lot more, a lot more acceptable today, yeah. and I think that's a good thing. Yes, definitely. Stretch marks mm -hmm. are natural, and you can't mm -hmm. stop them from happening, and it's important to embrace them and mm -hmm. love yourself, because every portion, part of your body is beautiful. I love when they do, like, the glitter with them, you know? What? I have not heard this, There's no. been There's been movements on social media where they put glitter on their stretch marks, and it, like, in the, and it goes into the little, like, I guess, indents in your skin, and mm -hmm. it looks super pretty. Or people, um, sometimes people tattoo over them, you know what I mean? Like, tattoo in between the stretch marks, so it just kind of highlights them out, but more in an artistic way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it looks really it. pretty. It's so pretty. Okay, it's time to wrap this up. Thank you, Jacob, for participating in this podcast. We really enjoyed interviewing you and getting to hear your opinion on different subjects, and we appreciate you asking us questions as well and taking your time out of your day to um, join us here today. So well, it was my pleasure. Thank you very much, Jacob. Moving on, back to our regu <laughs> regular scheduled podcast. Uh, I think today was a very good conversation. It was many, many different subjects across a whole broad spectrum of subjects. And even though there were many places where we may have differed, we have a lot of common ground between Chloe, Jacob, and I. And I guess we can all agree that we need to love and accept others and spread positivity and work towards creating a better world for our future generations and never forget to love. Thank you for joining us for our podcast today. Um, this is the end of episode two. If you haven't, like how I've said 20 times, go watch episode one. And we will have a new episode out for you next Thursday. Cue the outro music. <laughs> We're done. <laughs>